All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Hello again, and welcome to Printer with Screwheads Talk Horror. I'm Screwhead Dan. And I'm Screwhead Andrew. And we are here once again to dissect, dismember, and discuss horror movies. Today's horror movie is going to be the 2008 Australian psychological horror found footage, Lake Mungo. Um, It is a found footage about a girl who drowns in a lake, and spooky stuff happens after she drowns. Uh, This has been kind of known as one of Australia's most famous horror films, um, especially in like the found footage genre. So Andrew and I have both never seen this movie, and we decided we want to check it out. Uh, But before we get into that, Andrew, how the hell are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, man. I I just got this recently this weekend. I got to go see um, Evil Dead the Musical HD again. How Uh, was that? It was great. Uh, So last time I got to go see it was up in New Hampshire. Uh, And this time my wife actually got us tickets for Valentine's Day because... uh, when we went and saw it, it was like our six-year anniversary since we first started dating. Uh, so she got us tickets to go see it. Uh, and she's not a musical or an Eagle Dead fan. So, you know, it was really nice that she went and saw it. That's pretty uh, awesome. Yeah, she really enjoyed it, though, which is great. Um, and it was nice to get all of the cast for the same for what I saw. Uh, this time we didn't sit in the splatter zone, though, um, which probably was for the best. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and it was great. Uh, you know, it was a really good time. And I also got to see the Mean Girls musical, which I actually, uh, the, you know, the movie version of it, which I actually I kind of enjoyed. It's getting a lot of flack. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was... Other than the main actress, not that she's a bad actress, but she's a bad singer. <laughs> not that she's a bad mm. singer. It just didn't really match the tone of the movie. Uh, I actually thought it was a lot better than people were saying it was. Uh, so I was mm. surprised. Uh, but yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, it's been good. Yeah, Mean Girls has just been one of those things where, like, I, I, I saw it. I liked it. I don't get the hype around it, though. Like, mm. yeah, it, it was a funny movie, but I, I don't understand how people are just like, oh, it's so endlessly quotable. And I'm just like, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So no, I don't I, hate I, it. I, I like the movie, but I just, it's just, I think it's very overhyped. Yeah, I, I agree. Well, I think that's part of the issue with the musical. From me, it's like I didn't, I didn't care about the original film. I just liked the music. So, like, when the main, mm. when the main actress wasn't that good at singing, it was kind of like, ooh, because I think they, they actually <laughs> brought in one of the actresses who were on the the, the production of, of the musical when it was on stage. Uh, I think to play Regina George, and she like knocks out of the parking lot after she sings, and then they cut to the main girl who is um, the reporter girl from Spider Man No Way Home, the, the blonde mm. girl who everyone kind of thought was Gwen Stacy. It's mm-hmm. her, and she's like. I don't know, when she sings, she doesn't, like, project her voice, so it's just very, like, quiet and awkward kind of sounding, which mm. is weird. You think they would have mixed it differently. Um, so, you know, had, had a good musical weekend. Uh, but, yeah, how are mm. you doing? Good, good. Uh, speaking of Spider-Man, I did beat Spider-Man 2 on oh, the PlayStation. Oh, oh. That was fantastic. Really, really loved it. Did you um, cry? Um, did I? And did, I, did you I, feel I don't the think feels? I did, but I, I did feel very, very much a feel on that point. There were a lot of feels I failed to... Um, yeah, overall, I thought it was pretty good. I do think the third act, and I'm, I'm not going to spoil anything, but I think the third act felt a little bit rushed, and that seems to be common consensus online. But overall, mm. I think you said like the emotional points, the emotional plot points hits, and I, I would agree with that as well. I, I really like what they did with the story and everything like that. So, but yeah, you're, you're low involvement. I mean, like, man, I I've been like, you know, I've been hearing him make sad noises since like dot hack. <laughs> like lo- loving that when he's like wah so like hearing him make sad noises again I'm like ooh my 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 core you know I didn't really I never heard him do sad noises as Sasuke and Naruto I never I never watched the dub that much but I mean mm-hmm. his Haseo and uh, Dot Hack GU series those are like my core emotional moments playing video games uh, memories so <laughs> hearing his voice make sad noises you know as an adult just keeps cuts right through me 
Yeah, 100%. And I just, I love how, you know, polished it was. It was actually kind of funny because, um, well, first off, like, they basically, each one of the voice lines, and they did this with the first Spider-Man game as well, uh, there's two different voice lines. There is the voice line when, like, you're just kind of standing around and, um, you know, Peter Parker's talking to somebody um, over the phone. But if you're actually swinging around the city, then it's the exact same lines. But, like, you can tell that they recorded it twice because Yuri's out mm. of breath and everything like that. So it, it's, it's a really cool attention to detail um, that they changed the, you know, cadence of the lines based on what peter parker is doing at that moment actually a um, uh, question for you how do you feel about the uh the web wings and flying around do you, or do you prefer like i heard some people saying that they prefer that to web sling what, what's your what's your thoughts um yeah definitely like it was it was it was fun on its own but definitely it lost something in terms of the web swinging on that front but it's a sequel you know they gotta include some sort of transit stuff especially mm-hmm. now that you've got to cross the river so um yeah yeah, it's 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 kind of, you know, they need something. It was very fun, but definitely felt like a little bit something of Spider-Man was lost on that front. So, but did you know, you it's a had... sequel. It's going to happen. I'm okay with that, and you don't need to use it if you don't want to. Did you 100 percent it? Did you uh, you got I all, did. all yes. costumes, all collections? Nice, nice, nice. Yes, and it was actually kind of funny because um, I did get the platinum trophy on it, and then like throughout the entire game, I didn't get a single glitch whatsoever. But the seconds I finished the game. And then I started going for like the end trophies, which I only had a few left because I've been doing all the side quests up until the final boss. Um, basically, like all of a sudden, I started experiencing a ton of glitches. Like um, I would try and go to a crime scene, and then the crime would dissipate right as I arrived on it, so I couldn't get like the points for doing it. Um, there was that one part where I equipped a costume, and Peter Parker just turned into a white box. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was one time I fell through the floor, and I was Dude. just like, "Oh, okay, sounds good." But it was just funny because like. I never encountered a glitch until I beat the game, and then the glitches just kept happening. I'm just like, okay, well, I'm okay with this. So, I glitched through walls so many times in that game. I don't know what the fuck I kept doing, but I kept randomly like <laughs> being in, stuck inside a building. I, I, I really get out of it, which is the nice thing. I eventually, I could kind of you know glitch my way back out of it, but that mm-hmm. happened a lot to me in that game. I don't know what's going on. Hacker man, hacker man. Anyway, um, yeah, let's get into Lake Mungle then. Uh, wait, now we got transition on in there. Um, there is a lake in Spider-Man, and <gasps> much like the lake in Lake Mungo. Um, Craven's not Australian, is he? I don't think he is. Uh, I don't know what he is. I always thought he was European of some sort. Was he Russian in this? Is Craven Australian? Um, there is one variant who is revealed to be of half Australian descent. Ooh. Oh, no, he's Russian, of course. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, Sergei Kravenov. You know, that reminds me of, though. So, Mm -hmm. um, uh, the next Insomniac Marvel game is going to be Wolverine who, you know, yes. fam- famously portrayed by Australian or possibly New Zealand actor uh, Hugh Jackman. Mm. Look at the transition. Mm. Look at that transition. There we go. We're getting really good at this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, no, I, I, I got to say this. I got to say this. I just searched Hugh Jackson on... Um, on oh, no, Jackman. Never mind. I, I'm, I'm an idiot. Uh, I, I, Hugh Jackson. Yeah. Yes, Hugh Jackson. I typed in Hugh Jackson. I, I'm going to be honest, we're recording this a little bit late because I had to uh, attend a few classes. I'm testing for my Krav Maga Jiu-Jitsu gym in a few weeks, and I'm just attending a class every single night. And yeah, we just got back and we just got in and recording. I literally got home, showered. Here we go. So I'm tired. But yes, I searched Hugh Jackson and then it searched uh, American football coach. And I'm just like, why is that popping up? Oh, no. Hugh <laughs> Jacks, Jack Jackman. Got it. Got it. Uh, anyway, yes, Wolverine. There we go. 
All right. Uh, so yes, Lake Mungo, Australian. Um, yeah, I think this was a movie I attached to a list. I think it's just because I saw it online. Someone was just like, ooh, this is one of the best found footage movies ever. Um, or like this is, I, I've heard a lot of people say this is the scariest movie they've ever seen, uh, which, you know, I, I think horror is very subjective. I think that statement is honestly meaningless because there's so many variants to horror. There's so many varieties of what's scary to other people. Is it jump scares? Is it creeping horror? Is it psychological horror? That sort of thing. So I, anytime I hear like, this is the scariest movie ever, I'm just like, yeah, but like how, in what way, um, how is it scary? That sort of thing. Uh, but basically, yeah, uh, the general plot revolves around a, um, young girl, 16 year old teenager named Alice Palmer, um, who is very much a Twin Peaks reference uh, for Laura Palmer. Um, and basically, she drowns um, while swimming with her family. And the movie's presented in a mockumentary format, uh, where basically they do interviews, they go ahead and show footage, um, like cell phone footage, recording pictures, that sort of thing, as they talk over and do voiceovers on that front. So, um, so it's very found footage on that front. Um, and basically, they talk a little bit about um, her family, get to know her family, her brother, her parents, um, her boyfriend, her friends, that sort of thing. But as the movie goes on, they are slowly realizing that in a lot of the footage they take and pictures, they're seeing Alice's ghost. Overall, this movie is kind of a reflection on grief and how people process it. That's kind of how what I got from it. And there's a lot of very interesting interpretations of this film online that I was reading up on before this episode. Um, but yeah, let's get into it. Um, I will warn you that we're probably going to jump into spoiler territory very fast. And this is one of those movies where you probably don't want it to be spoiled. So if this interests you after our general thoughts, definitely go ahead and quit this episode. But we'll give we'll give a timestamp for that. Mm-hmm. All right, so Andrew, what did you think of Lake Mungo? Yeah, uh, I did not like it. <laughs> mm. uh, I, I don't want to go, you know, like I said, I don't want to go into too many details about it. I, I, I think this is kind of like the Christmas Bloody Christmas scenario for me, unfortunately, where I think I've heard so many good things. I'd heard so many people saying how scary it was that mm-hmm. I, I was waiting for it. And like, I, I, I've read, I, like you, I, when I was done with it, I was like, okay, why, why do people love this movie? And I tried to find reasons why, and I, I get where people are coming from. Um, I just, it didn't hit for me. And even like the elements that I think are kind of interesting, the concepts people talk about, I just don't think they're fully flushed out in the film enough for me to think of them as like, I don't know, uh, as they just don't feel as legitimate to me. Like it it feels like people are giving this movie a lot more credit than I think it really deserves. Um, And Mm -hmm. and that's probably, I know, know, again, I know this movie's beloved in the community, um, but I I couldn't believe it. But we're entitled to our own opinions too, damn it. So oh, back and, off. <laughs> and I think there has been a consistency with me in these movies where I'm not the biggest fan of found footage films. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that, I think that comes up often when we review them is that I'm not always the uh, the best at it. And uh, I, I in my personal life, I've noticed as well. My wife and I used to always watch a bunch of like crime dramas, and I've kind of really like been like, all right, I'm done with this. Like I don't lately. <laughs> like I think I think I've overloaded myself on those, especially during COVID. So I think that as well may, might be kind of putting me at a disadvantage for enjoying this movie, where I'm just like, oh my god, it's just a fucking <laughs> true crime story again. Uh, so yeah, you know, I I didn't love it. I I do appreciate what people are saying about it, and I you know I don't want to. It's you know it was made. It's a small production, so I don't want to shit on it or anything. Um, but yeah, to me, it just wasn't my jam. Um, maybe someday in the future I'll watch it again. But mm-hmm. at, at where I am right now, I'm. I don't understand the appeal, but cool. cool How cool. about you? Um, overall, I think I liked it. And I say that with a very big asterisk on that front. I agree with you in that 
Well, I, I mean, like, I've heard good things about it, but at the same time, I think I'm definitely more prone to found footage than you are, because when it's done well, I think it can be done very, very well. Um, but I definitely agree with you. I feel this is a more interesting movie to discuss and talk about than it is to actually watch, because um, there's just a lot of plot points. I agree with you where it felt like they intentionally did not have a lot of payoff for a lot of the plot points, because that's kind of the theme of the movie that they're trying to put forward. Um there are a couple scenes that stuck out to me. I definitely don't think it's the scariest movie ever. A scariest Australian movie ever, ever. I don't know. I'd have to take a look at other Australian horror movies and see what else is out there. But I, I, I definitely, it's definitely kind of, how do I want to phrase this? Um, there is a lot of discourse online basically saying, is this really a horror movie? Is it more of just kind of like a psychological thriller? And I would say, yeah, definitely. There is one scene I would consider horror later on in the movie. It's the one scene that everybody talks about. Um, I do like some things that they do with it, but overall, I do think... It's hard for me to kind of really talk about this movie because I want to say there were a lot of ideas that I wish were fleshed out better. But at the same time, I think that was the intention of what they were going for. So mission accomplished, I guess. Um, it, it definitely did stick with me, though, over the past day because um, I watched it about 24 hours ago. And it definitely has been moments where I've been thinking about it. And it's prompted some really interesting discussion online that I do like. But overall, I think this is one of those movies where it's going to speak to you. And if it does, you're going to really, really enjoy it. Otherwise, you're going to be very over underwhelmed. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, so with that, I think um, time for spoiler territory. Yeah, I, I think yeah, I think it's hard to talk. I think this movie, the, I don't know, the, the meat of it is the spoiler. So mm -hmm. I think you can't really get past that. Yeah, so let's go ahead and do that then. Um, I'm just going to quickly summarize the rest of the movie just to give context. So again, this is a found footage documentary format. Alice Palmer drowns um, in basically the opening scene. Um, her brother is the one who basically realized that she's missing, and then her corpse is pulled out from the lake. And most of the movie is kind of them interviewing the family and people who interacted with her. Um, her brother gets really into photography afterwards, just kind of his way of kind of finding a new hobby, burying himself in something. Again, a big theme in this movie is just how every single one of her family members processes grief in a different way, which I did find kind of interesting. Her father just kind of embellishes himself with work. Her mother turns very spiritual and thinks that she's not really dead. Um, just it, it is kind of interesting how they kind of take that dichotomy. Uh, but basically, as her brother is taking photography pictures, um, they see figures that appear to be her ghost. And the first third of the film is kind of like, oh, she's really a ghost. The mother is just like, oh, she's really alive because the mother really never saw the body. She just couldn't emotionally take it. So the dad had to identify her. And then the dad as well, as this comes on in and as the proof is thrust in front of his face, he thinks to himself, oh, maybe, you know, it was the wrong person. I don't know. I was in an emotional state. And he starts to believe that she's not really dead either. Um, then the brother kind of admits around the first third, which is the big first big twist of the movie, that he faked it all. Um, it was all just like video manipulation and photoshopping and that sort of thing as well to kind of make it seem that she was really there, but she really wasn't. Um, as they continue to go on in, another big theme of this movie is we start to learn more and more about Alice's secret life. Like she was secretly sleeping with the neighbors who she babysat for. Um, and that was just something that was incredibly shocking. She had seen a psychic uh, beforehand who 
was talking to her and appeared to kind of confess that she knew how she was going to die. Um, they never really explained how she knew that or the circumstances behind it, but it seems like there was something going on in her life where she's kind of thinking about, oh, I have a premonition that I'm going to die soon. Nothing can stop it, and I'm coming to terms with that, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, finally, later on, um, as we continue to go on through, we do see that there actually are spectral sightings of her in a lot of the films that they've taken before, which I thought was a pretty good misdirection and a twist. Um, we do see some phone footage of her corpse coming up to her and basically killing her on that front, um, which is something that um, everyone says is like the scariest thing in the entire movie, just this figure coming out of the darkness from this 2008-era phone. Um, and then basically the movie ends with her family moving out of the house and they've all come to terms and process their grief in their own ways. Um, but in reality, Alice's ghost is still in the house and now they're leaving her forever. And it's kind of a terrible, horrifying ending for her where, you know, she's doomed to be this spirit haunting this house forever. And everyone has basically forgotten about her or left her alone. Um, and then the twist at the very, very end is that we go back to the very same photos that the brother faked earlier, and we see that her spirit is actually hiding in there. Like, it's not obviously standing in the backyard, but she's kind of sitting on a bench off to the side. And the way the movie frames it is your eye is drawn to the fake spectral ghost, but as we find out later, no, she was really there all along. So I, I thought that was a pretty cool twist at the very end because I was mm. starting to get annoyed about, oh, yeah, there's found footage. They highlight the section of the video they want you to look at. They slowly zoom on it. Man, they're really lingering long on this particular aspect. Um, but no, it, it was intentional. It was an intentional misdirection. So I thought that was a pretty cool twist overall. Um, yeah. Is there any like plot points you would want to add to that uh, before we kind of talk in the themes and that sort of thing? I don't think that's all pretty... Uh important um well i guess that yeah. did you you didn't mention like the, the video that she had right or the video of herself in the water um which one was that again so that that, that, that i think that, I, I i thought that's what you meant with by the big scene was that she had the video um of seeing herself uh, dead in the water oh yeah no that was um yeah she, that was the one where like the corpse walked on up to her on the beach um that that was the scene i was talking about oh, okay sorry yeah okay yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, that was that was the big scene that everyone apparently was just like, oh, it's the scariest scene ever. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah, it's all right. But it's just kind of that. Mm. Um, but yeah, basically, um, I guess we can go ahead and start with a misdirection. Like, where, what did you think of that first misdirection in terms, well, let's talk about both. What did you think of both of it in terms of like, okay, it's, you know, the brother's faking it all along. And then it's just like, oh, no, he actually was faking it, but he was also kind of not as well because there actually was a uh, ghost the whole time and it was just out of plain sight. Um, yeah, what did you think of that whole twist? Like, I like the first twist of him just fucking around with it. Uh, partly just because I think it, it like, you know, I, I, everyone talks about this about grief and like the idea that he was trying to get evidence that they would exhume the body because his, uh, you know, his mom wanted things in the body that dad didn't want to. So he kind of used that as a way to push them to do it. To, you know, because he was like showing his doubt and his grief, just, you know, wanting to confirm that, you know, she actually was dead. Um, oh, that was cool. That was good motivation. That was good character development. Um, but I don't know. Again, I'm, I like, as you kind of mentioned, I'm not really a big fan of those like zoom in on the things. Uh, I agree. The person. Um, and I guess for me, like you mentioned the ending of like the idea that she's just kind of stuck there and it's kind of sucks for her. 
I saw a lot of people online saying that that was a good thing in that sense that like she was trying to get them to you know have closures and she could move on. So it was kind of a hopeful thing. And so she mm-hmm. was trying to like you know show that she was there, quote unquote, so that they could then move on. Being like, okay, she did pass on. She is dead. You know. Uh, and that you know I the don't family coming to terms. Quite I, buy that, but go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> like again, this way, I think this movie is one of the movies where I think people try to make it more than it is. Where I'm like, when is that told? Um, mm-hmm. But like you know, because the idea could be more that she's just there. Like everything I read talked about people saying that like she wants these parts of her to be revealed, and like that whole opening part about how she kept secrets, even when death, she kept secrets. She kept secrets, kept secrets, secrets. And I was like, well, yeah, but that's what everybody does. Like you know, you're not going to know anybody completely. So the idea mm-hmm. that like she's keeping secrets and that being some like ultimate twist or some commentary on life to me, it just seems a little bit like basic, I guess. Um, yeah. Uh, and I guess that is another big theme of this movie is just like, you're never, uh, we, we don't know who Alice is when we will, you know, never know her family doesn't know either. Um, Cause this, this is actually a very interesting statement I saw online. Um, describe Alex in one character trait. Uh, you can't, you can't like this movie doesn't give her any personality intentionally at all. Um, and I, I, I do think that was very intentional because every single way we get to know Alice is told through a family member. It's never, you know, a recording of Alice demonstrating some sort of character trait or personality. It's always, you know, her brother saying something about her or her friend saying Mm. something about her. And that kind of ties into the theme of just like, yeah, it's this perception of what this other people are thinking, thinking of her, but you know, nobody asks or the movie doesn't really tell who Alice thinks she is. Um, Mm. And I thought that was kind of interesting in the theme. Well, I guess my question for you, though, for that to kind of be a negative Nancy on that is like, Go for it. is that does that make it a good movie? Like, because to me, like, yeah, I, like, <laughs> like, like, I feel like unless they like, because, you know, again, that's something that we can as an audience can infer and be like, oh, OK, yeah, like, I guess like, yeah, look at that. We never got to know who she is. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, we never really got to know who she is. So, like, I still don't care about her. Like, mm-hmm. like, like, I care about this. Fa- I don't even really care about this family too much because they kind of hop around a bit. And like, yeah, the brother did this this kind of like sketchy thing. And like the dad's overworked. And, like, yeah, there's all these kind of elements that, I think go into it. But I feel like if we got to know her as a character or, like, in any sort of way, it would have made me care more about the family and her loss. Like, yeah. I feel like this, so much of this is tertiary. And, I, you know, I, I heard from – I forget where what, – what, one of the videos I was watching because I was trying to, you know, understand it. People were talking about how, um, I guess, the cast a lot were kind of just given general descriptions of their lines. And then when they just kind of had to, you know, improv kind of basically what they were saying to make it sound more natural – which I thought was cool, mm-hmm. and it did make it seem more natural, but also made it seem like she wasn't really a character because, like, I just it didn't really like. Yeah. People were kind of talked, like I don't know. Some people kind of said that the way people talked, the kind of like stuttering and the pausing and whatnot, made it feel realistic. But it also made it feel like they were like hedging and not really wanting to say anything like substantial about this character because you know mm-hmm. for, partly because probably the director and writer didn't give them anything about this character, but you know so they didn't want to spoil anything. But it's like. I would have, like, I, I feel like this movie would have been better as not this kind of movie report, but actually, like, a thing going on, seeing these characters struggle through it, maybe following the son as he does things, or, you know, following the different characters in different parts of their lives, and then kind of having these things go around. I, I felt like the, this, while the story and everything that everyone's saying about the story, I think, is interesting, I think that the way that this it's reported, this kind of mockumentary style, I think really kind of actually hurts the ability for it to kind of build that emotional connection beyond people, like, inferring mm-hmm. and projecting their own lives into it yeah no i agree like i did this movie did nothing to make me care about alice besides just a horrible thing happened to her 
But again, I think that was genuinely in the intention. Like, they did not want to give any sort of character development. So does it make it a bad movie? I would disagree with that because... But again, it, it's kind of like personal preference at that point. If you're looking to see, you know, what really happened to Alice, what, you know, how did she die, that sort of thing. Anything, honestly, being explained in this movie. Because really nothing is explained by the very end. We don't explain how Alice was seeing, you know, her corpse before she actually died. We don't really know 100% how she really died. We don't really know what happened afterwards and how she came back as a ghost and all that stuff. That This movie does not tell you anything concrete at all. Um, but it also is not attempting to. It's more so attempting to explore grief and how people react to that and kind of move on through. So does it make it a bad movie? I would disagree with that. But personal preference, yeah, I can understand why people wouldn't like that. I, I can understand why you wouldn't like that in, um, on that front. Mm-hmm. And personally, I'm just like, yeah, it didn't really hit for me either on that point. But again, for people I think who do are super interested in it, yeah, that's yeah. how it goes. Well, and I'm not saying it's a bad movie. I'm just saying that mm-hmm. like it's... I feel like it's blown up so much as this amazing movie that, like, by me kind of saying, like, yeah, it's, it's mid. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think if it comes off and you saying that's bad, but I'm like, no, it's, it's just like, you know, it's, it's a found footage movie. You know, it's a, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I, I just think like I've seen better ones or ones that communicate these storylines uh, better. And like, one thing you mentioned is, you know, you, 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 know, you mentioned that we don't we never really explain what happens. Um, did you run across when you were doing your research? I found a lot of forums and people saying that somehow the mother and the daughter had a, had some, like, family connection to like the afterlife and i was like where where the fuck are you getting this? like multiple people were talking about this I'm like where where does this there's happen some the crazy movie? theories about this movie online like, like, <laughs> are, are they theories uh-huh. did the director give these because i also hear the director is hard to find so I'm like where where are people multiple people in different forms saying the same thing like where is this coming from because mm-hmm. i don't yeah think i didn't say that on the about right. that there is one theory that I think had a lot of credence to it that I really liked. Again, mm. like this movie is not going to tell you one way or another what happened, but um, one person I saw on Reddit was talking about how the brother was involved in her murder. Um, and I, I, I do really like a lot of the information they put forward. So like he was the one that was swimming in the water with his sister in the lake and um, and basically, he was also the one that kind of said, oh, you know, oh, the first one to notice that she was missing. Um, mm-hmm. He did say something like the water was completely still. And it's, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, just because it's still doesn't mean she drowned in it. But if the lake is totally still, it would be, you know, unlikely for her to drown on that front. But if she was, you know, being murdered at that point, it might have been easier to kind of drown on that front. Um mm-hmm the struggle like he could keep the commotion down basically um Hmm. also as well like there's the one scene where he had all the bruises and they never explain what happened there he just has some bruises for about two weeks covered all over his body that never happens either um there's a lot of scenes where he's filming her that when she doesn't want to be filmed and of course the whole thing too where he fakes it and puts on her clothes and everything like that um it just he gave some very creepy stalkerish vibes the entire movie like there was something more to it Um, but what really kind of put me over the edge was every single one of her family members at some point has doubts of whether she's really dead or not Um, you know the mother from the start thinks oh yeah she's not dead the father after the apparition comes back on in um, thinks oh yeah no this something's up here like even he admits yeah I have a small semblance of doubt that she's really really dead even though I saw her corpse but the brother the entire time is just like no she's dead pretty sure she's dead 100% sure she's dead so Mm -hmm. I I thought that was a kind of an interesting one 
But I thought that was part of the reason why he said he he did the the footage because he wanted to prove because he wasn't sure because he thought that like his mom he's like he's like yeah my mom started talking about it, maybe it wasn't the right thing maybe my dad made a mistake so that's why he wanted to make the pictures of her so that people would then exhume her body to make sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was kind of one of those. It, it, I think that was kind of a processing grief sort of thing because he is still a teenager at that mm-hmm. point. My my interpretation of that was that was his may I say fucked up way of trying to help out his parents process the death. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and he was that was that was a very very weird thing to do. But I mean, it's just if you know, it just it, it seemed like he was the only one throughout the entire movie that was a hundred percent sure that she was super dead. And, and, and I will say, I, I remember when that, when that opening started too. I was suspecting the, the father, the father and the brother that maybe something happened. Because mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I was waiting for that to be revealed. Now is what the twist was going to be. Uh, that you know the father or the brother were involved in her death, because um, mm-hmm. that that would be interesting. Uh, especially you know if maybe the video at the end showed that somehow. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought that too. Uh, I'm always kind of bummed that wasn't the case because yeah, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. we don't really know what killed her. Because uh, yeah. you'd think that like her whole fear about dying and stuff that you know I wouldn't go near fucking water. <laughs> I would be like, fuck no. <laughs> like, I'd be like, oh, I saw myself dying and drowning near a lake. I'd be like, yeah, I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. Like, like unless she thought it was Lake Mungo, but like. Really, like honestly, Lake Mungo has, plays a very small role in this movie. It's very interesting that it's called Lake Mungo and not like I don't know, fucking dam, water dam, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like where she died. I don't know, uh, not just the place she randomly buried her thing. Uh, but that one time when Alice Palmer dry, died in the water, right? Well, <laughs> I mean, found the, footage story. <laughs> they're like, what should we call this movie? They're like, uh, I don't know. At one point, she goes to Lake Mungo to bury some cameras and like a field trip. Like, yeah, that, that's not a good name. Like, <laughs> all right, like. I don't know, man. Like, I, I like what? It's uh, <laughs> a little weird, weird name. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I, I guess I, I just the devil's advocate for that one in, in terms of like the oh, avoiding the lake and that sort of thing too. I think a big part of what the movie's trying to say about Alice is she goes through the stages when she sits down with the psychic and talks about the dreams she's been having and kind of going on through and um, you know basically her thing is accepting her own death mm. at that point. Um, so by the end, when she actually dies, you know, maybe that's what she has. So she that's her closure. Her yeah. yeah. She's what? like, okay, yeah. I, at this point, I know I can't change it at all. So mm-hmm. and that makes me want to ask you, uh, Dan, uh, what, what did you, so like, you know, everyone, people are saying this is the scariest movie ever. You know, people are saying, oh, this mm-hmm. movie, like if you like the, 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 the clickbait YouTube things for this, like this movie changed me. Why this movie broke me, you know, wow, like Mungo the scariest movie. Why I had to turn all my lights after watching like Mungo yeah. and all this fucking clickbaity shit. Uh, mm-hmm. did you find like the ending scary? No, at, no. Okay. <laughs> I, I did not find any, like, and this is not me being tough right here. Like I am, no, no. there's, there's a lot of horror movies. I'm an absolute wimp at, but um, no, abs- I, I don't think this movie was scary. I think this movie was very similar to kind of silent Hill scary in terms of, it's not, you know, jump in your face scary, but it's just kind of this, I, I can see this getting under people's skin, especially if they've had a death recently or, you know, their, their life has been, a lot had a lot of grief in it um i do think that this movie can speak to them in that way um and i can see why it gets under people's skin but personally no um i, I did not find it was scary mm. no but the same way like i like some people like i'm assuming that the thing people are scared of is this idea that you like see your own death and can't avoid it and like you yeah know, that and that, that's haunting like, that's and there's a lot of movies about that about that concept you know whether it be like 
just the premonition, like, you know, or, or whether it's like, you know, to a degree, like the Final Destination movies or like the Polaroid movie where like, you know, something shows your death. Uh, and I do think that is a terrifying concept. Like, I think I think death in general is a terrifying concept and that idea that like it's coming and like it's hard to be ready for it, especially if you see it in some like grotesque way. Like, yeah, that's fucking terrifying. Um, but I think it's something that would have been a lot more effective if we'd been with her to experience that. Um, mm-hmm. Cause that, cause I agree. Like the, the, the things people say are scary. This movie, I'm like, yes, that would be scary <laughs> if we saw it. Um, and like, I like to me that would have just like, I think this movie would have been always more interesting if we had like both sides of it. Like we saw the family talking about it, and then we also throughout the thing saw like her, you know, like the kind of the found footage of her walking off the camera talking about what she's seeing or seeing these things to a degree, or making you know maybe doing a personal blog about what she's seeing, so that it kind of cuts back and forth between them. So you get to see what they're seeing and how they're processing it, and then you get to see her, how she's experienced it when it's happening. Because I do think that is scary. I think that it's a very scary concept. Um, but I just feel like, like you said, like it's it's more of like a drama than it is a horror movie because we don't really see what I would consider to be the horrifying elements of the, of the situation. Um, you know, other than this, the horrifying, uh, you know, of having your losing your daughter, um, mm-hmm. you know, which is horrifying. That's definitely horrifying. Um, but I, I don't know. Um, yeah, I do want to get back into. Um, I, I wanted to touch on this earlier about the sense of loneliness um, in this movie because it seems like. This movie is filled in a ver- filmed in a very kind of um, segmented way in terms of there's individual interviews with people. Um, th- I think there's a few with the mother and father where they're together, but mm-hmm. mostly basically it's one-on-one interviews with people. And this this movie does have like a very, for lack of a better term, just lonely feeling throughout the entire way. And I do want to talk about your interpretation of the ending about how at the end of this, basically Alice is left alone in the house and you, you view that as a positive, you said? Oh, no. Some people I read online said that they thought okay. that, it, that it wasn't that she's being left alone, but now that the family's moved on, she can move on, right, theoretically. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that. I think that's what the family wanted. But that final scene where like they splice it together where Alice is talking to the psychic and she's saying that she's having dreams about her mother coming into her room and she's calling out, but her mom doesn't listen. And then they splice it together with it actually happening after Alice's death and the final scene where she's leaving the house for the last time. I I, I think that's, I, I take that as an interpretation of this is, Alice doesn't want them to leave. The family thinks that she's moved on into, you know, the afterlife or whatever it is um, in this universe, but she's really not. And she's still there and she's going to be there for all eternity. And her family thinks that she's gone. And that is pretty, pretty terrifying as well. Just that sense of loneliness. Mm. That's, that's my interpretation of the ending, at least, especially because they show at the very beginning of the um, movie, that family photograph on the front lawn and then at the end of the movie, they show the same time again. And then you can go ahead and see the uh, her in the window, her ghost in the window, just kind of forlornly looking at all of them. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, don't think that it was a, that was a good thing. <laughs> so Well, and I do like that idea too, because that almost makes me think that if they ever made a sequel, it would be like her revenge or her like, you know, going crazy after being stuck in that house for so many years by herself, but then she becomes that vengeful spirit, you know, that'd be kind mm-hmm. of a fun thing. Like, you know, that, that I would like that concept. Uh, you know, I, I like this as the backstory of that, where you know, a, a spirit, somebody dies, and then their family leaves, so they're they're stuck in that house by themselves, going insane essentially, as a spirit. That um, I do wonder, like, what is what's Alice doing? Because like, every, when when you when you bring the afterlife into it, and there's just a ghost hanging around for pictures, I'm always mm-hmm. just like, bro, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> yes. you know, Alice, and this movie does not explain that at all. So. Well, it's like, 
it's like if you want to be caught in a picture, bro, why not be a little more like I don't know. If you, you know, if you, if he's taking a picture of this thing and you know the camera's there enough to kind of like, you know, sneak yourself in the corner, could you not be more present? Is, is there a rule that's like you can only take up 30% of the frame? Like, what's, yeah. why not, like, I don't know, do a little dance in front of the camera or something? Like, yep. Yeah. And the movie does not explain that at all. So, mm-hmm. it's very rude. <laughs> um, yeah, actually, definitely. It, but I mean, it's also not the intention of this movie. Like, they're not here to talk about it. This is the afterlife. This is how it is. This is, uh, you know, how it's going. Uh, this is the mechanics behind the afterlife. You know, some people go to the good place. Some people go to the bad place. And that one person goes to the medium place where they watch Cannonball Run 2 all the time. <laughs> so, yes. Um, if you so, haven't seen The Good Place, it's an amazing show. But go ahead. So I had a question for you. So one thing that I kept coming across when I was um, yes. looking into this is a lot of people on YouTube were citing uh, the Dead Meat podcast and Chris Stuckman, who, who kind of brought this movie out. And yes. That's like literally like almost every single one I watched referenced them. Uh, mm-hmm. And do you think that this movie kind of is one of the movies that like, I don't know, just kind of got propelled out into the public consciousness because of these YouTube people who kind of found it and were like, and again, not that that's a bad thing, but like, because like even looking at the, um, excuse me, on the, on the Wikipedia page, it talks about how people were like, uh, it was... Uh, you know, one of the best things to come out of Australia, as if like Australia mm-hmm. is some like, you know, like third world, like you know, created this. You know, oh, look, poor Australia. Look, look at they try. They turn this out, and people, and then you know, people on the internet picked it up, and were like, "Wow, look at this gem from Australia. It's foreign." Like, <laughs> you know, I, that's. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's a factor? Because I feel like, like, not not in terms of the movie itself, but in terms of the popularity and then kind of how it's become this like you know, f- famous film. Like, cause I feel like it, I feel like there is that kind of like foreign film quality that people keep like are pushing it and like, Oh, it's so, Oh, nobody talks about it. It's so niche that that makes it cool. Mm-hmm. You know? I Yeah. I, it's I'm, kind I'm, of like just trying to find, you know, something to kind of tag onto. So like, I, yeah, I feel I'm like looking it, at, go ahead. I was just like, I, I felt like, like every, everything I read across kind of talked about this alternative movie and like this, like little known, you know, niche, you know, cult film. And I felt like, and again, I feel like that's kind of same, similar with that Christmas Bloody Christmas, yeah, Christmas Bloody Christmas movie, where like I thought like the cult status of it almost kind of like gave it life that I don't know if it would otherwise have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I, again, I'm not, I, I'm not trying to be too cynical, but I, I, I heavily feel that with this movie. Again, not that it's a bad movie, but it's like an average movie. It was that prepared I feel like, a little bit more up. Yeah. Because of that. Yeah, I don't know. Because like if you look at even if you look at like the box office success of it, what it's like a, like it had a budget of one point seven million. It made twenty nine thousand, near thirty thousand mm-hmm. in the box office. But yeah, then again in the U.S., I think we just got DVD releases with those, uh, you know, those DVD releases that weren't I think very popular at the time. But now maybe are doing better. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, like it wasn't that successful of a movie. Uh, so I'm just I, I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out where its popularity came from. I think it's I think this is it. I feel like it has this kind of like foreign appeal mixed with a couple of YouTube people who found it and like gemmed it and shot it out there into their audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, know. definitely. I could see that too because I'm looking at just real quick other Australian horror movies and the ones I'm recognizing. Talk to me, which I haven't seen. I don't think you like that one. You said uh, Wolf Creek, mm. um, the Babadook, Babadook, Babadook. Uh, uh, they did the loved ones, right? That's that one. I don't remember that. Ah, that one's good. Uh, it's like the guy gets kidnapped by the girl who wants like to, who wanted him to ask her to the prom. He doesn't. So then his like his dad kidna- uh, her dad kidnaps him to like make him kind of go on a date with her. Mm-hmm. It was really yeah. good. 
But like, yeah, so many of these are on Tubi. Oh my god, this is this is this is a free bit of advice for all of you listeners. Uh, Tubi is underrated as a horror movie kind of streaming site. Uh, definitely check it out. That there's so much good stuff on Tubi. I'm just thinking, how do we propel Bring It On, Cheer or Die to the same fame that this? <laughs> How do we how, we got to get Chris Duckman to review Brendan on Cheer or Die. That's how we got to do it. That's true. That's true. We got to do that. And he'll be like, hey, guys, you know, this movie's really good. Like, I, nobody would, I haven't really made talk about this movie. It wasn't in theaters. You know, uh-huh. I, I, don't, I don't know anything about the director, but I mean, like, great movie, guys. I, I don't know how he yeah. talks. I, I have been a long time since I watched him. I, and I'm not making fun of him. I think he, I, I remember watching him in college and thinking he was awesome. So he's, he's great. Uh, that's not yeah. a jab at him by any means. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but. I, I do feel like it's got artificially propelled. Not again, not not because it's not a, 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 an okay movie, but um, yeah, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Um, trying to think, yeah. anything um, else you want to talk about? Like, did you? Yeah, did you Go find ahead. that video? The video at the end effective or the video the. The, 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 okay, so basically, just as the scene real quick, this is kind of, I guess, what you would consider the climax of the movie, um, where basically the documentary finds uh, footage that uh, Alice recorded on her phone. They went to the titular Lake Kamungo, and they went to, um, uh, basically, they're just all hanging out a couple friends here and there, and they see Alice, and she's kind of just kind of in a, uh, I, I guess, kind of a squat position. Um, she's kind of like, really close to the ground off in the distance and then we find out what she sees and kind of what affected her so much um and it was basically that she's filming and then there's this figure approaching her from the darkness um and the figure approaching the darkness just slowly walks on up and as it gets closer it's very very clearly that it's the corpse of alice that later they pull out of the lake after she drowns um so that's kind of alice's moment of her realizing that's what I'm going to become. I'm going to die. That's how that goes. Oh my God. And that kind of breaks her after that point. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what a lot of people are just like, this is the scariest scene in the entire movie. Um, yeah, I agree with that. It's the scariest scene in the entire movie. I thought it was a fine scene. I especially like how they kind of juxtaposed it with not only did they have the um, footage itself, which is like <clears throat> grainy 2008 era footage, but also as well, right after that, they have the photography of the, that the um, mortician took of the corpse after they pulled mm-hmm. it out of the lake. So, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't say like the scariest scene of all time. I wouldn't even put it in the top 10, but it, it, it definitely for what it needed to do. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. I, th- I thought it was better, but it was great. I, I agree. I think that, I think that that was like the moment where it's like, yes. Uh, mm-hmm. but. <laughs> there we go. We have something happening on that. Front yeah. Too, Cause this is a very slow burn movie as well. And again, it's, it's, it's not going to answer any question. Honestly, it, it, it wants to, push the theme of just like how people cross past this grief in different ways and then also you know you never really know anybody you're just really kind of looking on in um on that front mm-hmm. so yeah yep um yeah the other other thing i wanted to talk about as well is just kind of the um I guess we've already talked about that. Just kind of the sense of time for Alice in terms of seeing her future self. Like, I guess we already talked about that, but just that as a concept in terms of you're basically living in multiple time periods, seeing what it is and coming to terms with that. Um, yeah, what, what, what do you kind of think of that about that concept? I mean, I, I like I like the concept... But like you said, I, I, that, like it's horrifying to a degree in terms of seeing yourself die. And we've seen a lot, like yeah, I said before, we've seen a lot of horror movies where that is a concept, but it's generally a little bit more, 
drummed up, you know, whether, you know, whether it be that movie like Polaroid where you see a picture of yourself dying or like, you know, Final Destination where you see yourself dying and then you have to try to avoid it, something like that. Um, the concept of something just accepting it is cool. But again, I don't know if it really makes for a horror movie. I think that is a great drama movie. I think that that, mm-hmm. like, I think there are movies like that where somebody knows they're going to die. So they, you know, they do things, you know, whatever, uh, in the meantime. I think that's a very interesting concept. Um, that as you just mentioned that, I was thinking and I was like, wait, so she had like, she could see things that other people couldn't see. But then she actually got a video of one of them, which is a little bit more interesting. Because that's like, did, did they establish in this? Or is this just the thing with ghosts? Can ghosts appear on camera that you can't see in person? Is that a thing? Is that is that how that works? Is that a? Um, I'm asking like a genre, just I guess a general genre question because I just think I was thinking about that. I'm like, yeah, so like, no, I think in this movie they exist in real life and they also exist on camera as well because people did see them in person and they also did see them on footage as well. So yeah. Oh wait, somebody sees her in real life. Oh yeah, the, the dad. She sees. Okay, yeah, the dad yeah, did. yeah, yeah. The dad did. I forgot about that. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. But no, but he, that was a dream though, wasn't it? Didn't he say that was a dream? I don't remember, but she sees her corpse as well at that, that, that you know, the Lake Mungo scene later on. Yeah, because so. she, she's able to film it mm-hmm. somehow. So that means it was a real yeah. thing that she could film. But she also reacted to it, too. So, like, yeah, she, she yeah, saw it in real life and she filmed it. Yeah, interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Yeah, okay, that creates some questions in my mind. But anyway, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I thought I like, again, it's one of the things where I like that concept a lot. I, would, I think that would be a great movie. I think there are ways to make that really interesting. I, I just don't think this the plot structure that this movie created made that very compelling for me yeah Um, and i think honestly that kind of sums it up like if you're okay with a movie not explaining honestly anything and you're looking at more through the lens of just the concept to think about and also the sense of grief and how interesting ways they process this in this movie yeah i think you're going to enjoy this a lot more but if you're expecting like this is a ghost movie where they explain everything or they even explain anything. Um, you're going to be severely disappointed on that point. And it, it really just is the type of movie watcher you are. Hmm. Uh, personally, me, like, to just sum up my feelings on it. It's I, I appreciate what it did. I can see why people love it so much, but it, it definitely was not for me. You know what this reminds me of, though? Yeah. Like another movie kind of like this, Prometheus, is also a great mm-hmm. movie. It doesn't answer oh, a lot of questions. Uh, and you know, it's also a lot about grief, about you know, grief about you know, knowing you're gonna die and trying to prevent gotcha. it, like uh, like an old man going out to meet gods, or you okay, know, cool. a woman who can't give have children is you know, grieving about that. I mean, uh-huh. I'm just I'm just I'm noticing a lot of parallels here about yeah. you know, grief, uh, people talking, and uh, you know, knowing death is coming. I mean, I'm yeah, saying, yeah, I'm no. saying, are, I mean, I'll have hmm. to watch that movie. I've never heard of it. It, it sounds like a great concept, though. I bet there's a lot of sequels to it. I mean, I, I, I'm just saying, uh, it, sound, it sounds like a really, like, I mean, like, it, it almost sounds like it's, you know, it's maybe, maybe you know, maybe, you know, if, if, if I, I define the people who like this movie, and if, none of the, if any of them have any problems with Prometheus, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come after them. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, you know, I'm just, I'm just thinking about me, that. Bro. <laughs> I, I'm, like, I'm like, movies where people are okay with not questions not being answered and things not happening. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. Uh, but again, I, I, I think that's like, part of the reason I'm bringing this up is, again, it's because it's, like, it's an indie movie. We, we give a lot more leeway and, and appreciate these things more. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's more that it's an Australian horror movie, and, and they got to deal with all sorts of shit down there. I'm actually very curious about this. I and mean, if we do have any Australian fans, like, definitely go ahead and send us a message in terms of, like, in your corner of the world, in your cultural zeitgeist, Australian horror, like, how is this movie represented? How is, you know, popular it is? Because like, I'd be very interested to hear, like, a firsthand primary source perspective on that. Well, because, like, Mungo's a real place, right? 
Uh, yes, I believe so. Yeah, uh, that, that, that's, I'm interesting too. Like, is there? Because I'm wondering as well. Is is there a significance behind like Mungo that we don't know that maybe it makes mm-hmm. that more interesting? You know, because yep. it isn't because Wolf Creek is, is a real place as well, where people like do go missing and die and stuff, right? From what I, I, thought, mm-hmm. I thought, that's what the that could just be what the movie said at the beginning of it. It may not actually be true, uh, but I <laughs> thought that's what the movie implied. So like, you know, that that adds a layer to it that we don't know. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe you know, maybe that's something that you know could also increase the uh, I don't, the enjoyment of the film. And I, I've, mm-hmm. I've heard people say they've rewatched it after hating it and enjoyed it more. So maybe at some point. You know, when I'm not as burnt out on kind of true crime and stuff, I might be able to slide back into it and uh, see if I like it. Um, but actually, uh, looking on the um, Wikipedia page, uh, I guess bloody disgusting, there's a, there's a quote they have, which I think I agree with. And they said, ultimately, the problem with Like Mungo is that it, the filmmakers had too many good ideas crammed into one film and not enough time to tell their tales. Uh, and I, I, I think I like that because, like, I think that is the thing. Like, I think, like I said, I think there are interesting concepts, but just the way this film was put together, they don't really. I think I have the chance to really explore them very well. Um, and so, like, the hints that people talk about that people have been reading messages about, where people enjoy these elements of it, I do agree with them. But as a full product, I didn't find that compelling. And so, I kind of, I, I like, I like that. I agree with that review. Uh, that yeah, there, there's a lot of nice little elements going on in it, but as a result, it's not. Um, you know, I, I have a hard time enjoying that. Um, but Dan, uh, you're ready for a classic segment? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, boy. Uh, do you so want to start? If, uh, no, I'll have you start on this one. Okay. So if we were to make a sequel to Lake Mungo, what would you do? So I, I got kind of slipped in my hand earlier, but I mm-hmm. like the idea of... Um, well, so I have two ideas. Uh, my original idea and then the idea that I came up with as we were talking. Uh, my original idea, um, I also also kind of spoiled earlier, was the idea of having the same thing, but have it be a story, have it be the story of Alice. So we already know the dread, we know it's going to come, but have it be more involved with her, like when she first gets the sighting and stuff, and basically tell the same story, but from her, and maybe, you know, get, have her have, like, her personal camera with her. Um, so she's like, you know, the, the, the camera that had that video on it, maybe have there be more in that, and that's how you can kind of frame it. It's like, hey, you know, we, we delved into the files on here, we were able to uncorrupt some files that weren't able to be seen before. And um, here's uh, here's more to the story, essentially. Mm-hmm. And so that we can develop her story, develop her character. So then you kind of get this, you know, then when you rewatch the first movie later, you get you get that added kind of benefit of that um, to develop, you know, her. And then also, you know, I think that her story will be the more scary kind of story. Um, and then the other idea I had was the sequel idea of like after I mentioned it only after you kind of explained your theory to me of her being stuck in the house is that, you know, evil spirits aren't you know, born, they're made. So the idea that like being left alone, everybody leaving her, either she somehow finds a way back to the family or, um, you know, a new family moves in and she's that haunted creature. And you kind of like find out uh, about what happened to the family and the idea that, you know, she's just fucking got abandoned there and, you know, is left to rot essentially much like a bloated corpse. Uh, You know, that kind of idea, I think it would be kind of cool to see her kind of become the villain after you know because then again i think even if i didn't feel much for her in this movie knowing what she went knowing that she did start out as something bad and then became this bad thing i think would be really interesting as well uh, mm-hmm. so those are my two ideas um i think the first one could be called alice story i don't know fuck no uh, i kind of think of a cool like mungo pun but i couldn't think of one pawn mungo stream mungo i don't know is it mungo or mungo by mungo the way? i think Mungo, fuck! I've been saying it wrong the whole time. I apologize. Uh, yeah, I don't know. What, what's, what's your uh, what's your uh, pitch? 
honestly, like this is compared to every other movie that we've done. I I think this is the one movie that does not need a sequel at all. Um, and I'm tr- really trying because like any type of sequel to this would be, you know, kind of completely changing what this movie is about. Grief said on that front because if they add more to Alice's story, that would kind of remove the whole thing about the, the point of the movie. Um, if they kind of continue it, um, you know, it, it kind of cuts into the ending on that front. I, I genuinely don't think this movie needs a sequel at all. I would rather explore other things. If they were to do something, honestly, I... This is my usual cop-out answer, but it, I, I would just kind of continue with the theme, but with a second set of characters. Maybe they can explain a little bit more about how this lake is, like, affecting people in the community and causing them to see their own deaths and then just mm. kind of juxtaposition that with how people, you know, a completely different family processes that grief. Um, and it doesn't necessarily need to be in the same town. Maybe it's, you know, another small town in Australia or something like that. Um but yeah, I, I just, yeah, that's that's the only thing I can think of, honestly. But by and large, I do not think this movie needs a sequel at all. So like have like Mungo actually be like the evil, or not evil, but the, the epicenter of the ghosts kind I'm of? I'm not even convinced that it's just evil. It could just be a force of nature or even like coming to terms with death. And I think that's another thing too, like the sequel could possibly kind of show a little bit more of another family or another person coming to terms with death a lot more than um, she did. So... Hmm. Yeah. Now, uh, what if they made a movie called like The Dam in Australia, and it's about a girl who dies in Lake Mungo? Mm-hmm. So you know, kind of switch, and switch then it they up. can call that like they could put a swear in there or something like that. So it's called like The Dam Dam. Ah, ooh, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. The Dam's called. Uh, and then actually, <laughs> I have one last question for you. You know, if we were to make an American remake of this uh, Australian classic, what lake would it take place at? Ooh, that's like a Michigan? really good question. Like uh, Champlain? No, no. Like it, it has to be a small, spooky lake. Um, small, spooky lakes. Indian in Lake? North America. Salt Lake City? Mm-hmm. The, uh, there's, a, there's a Salt Lake. There's, there has, there's a lake called Salt Lake in Salt Lake City, isn't there? Is it has there? to be a lake with a lot of history, a smaller lake. It, it definitely can't be one of the Great Lakes. Um, Is the Salt Lake a Great Lake? Yeah, there's a literal lake called Haunted Lake in New Hampshire. That's Toby too... Lake, aka Haunted Lake. <laughs> that sounds that sounds too easy. I feel like we need to like, I don't know. I I feel like if we're doing one northeast, it has to be related somehow to like Native American history in some. You know, yeah, some definitely. Kind of I agree. Uh, wait, can lakes be salt water? I thought lakes were fresh water. Um, it's not like a real no lake. lakes. No, yeah, la- lakes are just they're not connected to any one ocean. Um, oh. What is it? What yeah, are they going to Interesting. Lake. I don't believe it. Thank yeah, goodness. no, there, there, there's such a thing as salt lakes. So yeah. Oh, and there's a city of them yeah. apparently. Yeah, they just have to be a landlocked body of water, basically. Oh, I'm going to make my own lake. Yeah. I'm just going to pour yeah. a puddle in the water. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah it'll right. be a pond, Andrew. Fuck. Right. <laughs> Damn. Damn. Here okay. we go. Here right. we go. Here we go. A lake is a naturally occurring, relatively large, and fixed body of water on the Earth's surface. It does not say anything about that. Most lakes are freshwater and account for all, almost all the world's surface freshwater, but some are salt lakes with uh, salt levels even higher than that of seawater. So yes, they can be both salt and freshwater. Trash. I mean, but nobody wants a salt lake. 
Lake. Like, <laughs> what, do you, what do you do with the Salt Lake? You can't, like, drink it. It's, it's a dumb lake. Uh, maybe that's what made Lake Mungo evil. Maybe it was Salt Lake. <laughs> I just really wanted to not be so salty. Yeah, it's, it's super salty uh, no, about what's going if, on. If, if she drowned, if Lake Mungo was a salt lake and she drowned in it, would she technically be assaulted? Oh, oh wait. <laughs> also, if she was salty, then wouldn't, like, osmosis happen and, like, she'd actually be, like, really shriveled up like a little, like, like instead of, like, big and bloody, she'd be like, a little raisin person because all of her water would have gone out into the salt uh, due to osmosis. And so she'd be, like, a little little raisin at the bottom of, out of, of the ground. <laughs> she'd be preserved. She'd be like, jerky. It's like, man. Yeah. Maybe maybe you don't become an evil ghost if you become salted because you're just kind of preserved. There we go. You just you basically just spent the entire time feeling like a pickle. There we go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're just, <laughs> you're, and and that's what that movie about that nobody ever saw about uh, Seth Rogen as a pickle man was about. That was a thing. Yeah, this movie about with Seth Rogen, who Seth Rogen's the guy who like laughs. Like wait, 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 wait. Are you talking about Sausage Party? No, because he was a sausage, not a pickle. No, okay. there's a movie about him as a pickle man. What? Yeah. Was this before or after the Rick and Morty episode? I'm sorry. If you're no longer interested <laughs> in our conversation on, on Lake Mungo, you can quit now. But if you're interested in seeing our rambling, uh, yeah, here we go. There's, so, there's yeah. a movie where he where he gets pickled as a man. Oh, my God. A, an American pickle. Uh, yeah. Yeah. See? It's a comedy drama film directed by Brandon Trost and... Uh, the film star Seth Rogen is an Eastern European Jewish immigrant who gets preserved in a vat of pickles and wakes up a century later in New York City. Oh, so he's not, he gets sealed in a vat of pixels, but pickles, but he's not really a pixel. P- pickle. Why do I keep saying pick- pixels? So what you're saying is that pickles preserve people. So if she had died in a pickle lake, yeah. she would have lived forever. <laughs> pickle lake. Where would we have pay pickle lake now? Uh... Um, but you know what I heard, though, about this movie? Is that yeah. even though it's billed as, um, as a comedy, it's actually more of a drama. And it's really yeah. just about loss and, uh, you know, really about, uh, you know, families dealing with tra- tragedy. And... Yeah, it's Seth Rogen's <laughs> version of Captain America. I got it. <laughs> all right. There we well. go. Crazy stuff. All right. All right. I think we're calling it. All right. All right. So uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, once again, this has been Primitive Screwheads Talk Horror. Um, if you have any requests, if you have any, you know, horror movies you'd like us to review, please go ahead and message us. We're active on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, we have done episodes in the past based on fan requests, and we will continue to do so. Thank you so much to our opening theme song. That is Horror Movie Story by the band Teddy's Atlas. You can get that off the album Children of the Corn. They are good, good Canadian boys. I don't know if there's an Australian equivalent of Teddy's Atlas, but I'm definitely going to look for it. Uh, Other than that, uh, we do release episodes every two weeks on Thursday. So when this episode goes up, Wait two weeks and there'll be another one. Um, and that's everything that we got for you. Uh, some some may say that's a Fortnite, um, and that's very true. Fortnite is two weeks. It's also a uh, Battle Royale game and everything else game. Is, uh, is Peter Griffin in Fortnite now? I think he I is. Think he is. Right? There's an alien in Fortnite. There's a Predator in Fortnite. There's Kelsier oh, from Brandon Sanderson books in Fortnite. Everybody's. I think there's Marvel in Fortnite. I think I think Mar- I think Fortnite might be Marvel's a fine yeah. thing. Like I think Fortnite is For- like. The, the multiverse, I think, and everything is connected to it. Fortnite is the new Super Smash Brothers. So exactly. everyone is here. I, I, I'm just curious to see exactly where it's going to go and what the weirdest character they can add in there. I think Peter Griffin definitely takes the cake thus far. I think there are right. any horror figures other than Alien and Predator. I don't think they've got like any slashes. I, I, no I think Scream actually I, be in there. I don't know. I have no idea. I I used to be an elementary school teacher. I'm a huge gamer, but I I used to be an elementary school teacher, and I still have PTSD with that and roadblocks. So fair enough. Yep. 
There we go. All right, cool. Well, thank you so much for listening, everybody, and stay groovy. Bye.